This is Conspiracies Unlocked. Spooky season. Dun, 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 dun. I'm so ready. <laughs> so I was looking into ghost ships, and I was just going to do a couple ghost ships in general and just go over some for, like, spookiness because it's fun. Yeah. But... um. I latched onto one, and this ship is fucking crazy. Like, the history of it, and it's just like this cursed fucking ship. It's crazy. So, um, I'll just get into it. I'm like, why is it so cursed? I'll tell you why. You really don't survive when you step a foot on it. Like, yeah. Anyways, okay. So, the definition of a ghost ship is a boat or ship sailing vessel that is floating around the ocean with no living humans on board to, like, man it. So, just, like, out in the ocean, chilling by itself. Um, super spooky. It's like ghosts are running it. So, while there are many, like, legends and stories surrounding ghost ships in general, like the Flying Dutchman is one. Mm-hmm. And that one was from, um, it's not from Pirates of the Caribbean. It really is, like, a folklore type mm-hmm. of ghost ship, quote-unquote. But um, it was in Pirates of the Caribbean as Davy Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. His ship. Yeah. So, um... Even without the folklore and ghost stories and stuff like that, they are actually very real. And one real, super real one is um, the Mary Celeste. So let me get into the history of the Mary Celeste and before she became a ghost ship. Yeah, so, so it was an actual, it was a real ship. It's a real so ship, 100%. Active, yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Mary Celeste was not always named Mary Celeste. She was built in 1860 in Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, that's a fun one to say, Nova Scotia. I know. I was trying to think of what episode we kept saying that on. We said it before, and we kept saying it over and over again. We were like, Nova, Nova Scotia. Scotia. That was the very first Groundhog Day one. Was that? Because it's mm-hmm. in Canada. Oh, yeah. my gosh. How For funny. Warrington we had, and Yeah, we had so much fun. What's his name? Pexatani <laughs> Phil. We had so much fun doing that one. So, um, (laughs) go back and listen to our very first one and then come back and listen to our most recent. Oh my gosh. It's it's night and day. It only took us about 12 hours to record that first one. Do you remember that? I couldn't even say a sentence. No, we were like doing it sentence by sentence. (laughs) And no wonder we're like, Nova Scotia. I know, we're going crazy. So anyways, um... So, the ship was built at a shipyard in Nova Scotia owned by a Joshua Dewis, located in the Bay of Fundy. Mary Celeste, or well then, the the ship had two masts and was built of timber. She was a brigantine ship. Um, A brigantine ship is a term for a ship with two masts and two or more sails per mast. In the 13th century, they were used as warships. By the 17th century, they were used for merchant voyages and expeditions, so more like cargo ships. Okay. She's 99 feet long, 25 feet wide, and 11 feet deep. For this time period, it's a pretty big ship. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a little um, dinghy out there. Yeah. Mary Celeste was built to carry cargo as a merchant ship. Her original owners were a group of, of nine people. Joshua Dewis was one owner, and another one was Robert McClellan, which was also the ship's first captain. At this point, she was named Amazon by the group of owners. Her maiden voyage took place in June 1861. The Amazon sailed to to a place called Five Islands, Nova Scotia. There, the Amazon was supposed to pick up some timber and take it across the Atlantic Ocean to London. 
And as soon as the timber was loaded, Captain McClellan got pneumonia. They took the ship back to the home to their home port where McClellan died. Right off the bat, first fatality. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. So it's not like a, a morbid, like, he got hung or something crazy. But no, still. But just, he died. He died. Yeah. This would serve as the ship's first premonition of what was to come. Second captain was John Nutting Parker, who took over as captain and headed for London. Kept on going yeah. on their pathway, taking yeah, the top voyage timber. must continue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just on this trip alone, she had several accidents and mishaps with other boats and was just overall an unlucky ship, to be honest. The ship was damaged on several different voyages. Um, the captains were John Nutting Parker, and he lasted two years, 1863, until eight, um, or from yeah. 1861 when it started to 1863. Then the third captain, William Thompson, was 1863 to 1867. In October of 1867, the Amazon was run aground in Cow Bay, Cape Breton Island in Canada. So it was literally run aground. Mm-hmm. Then they changed, and because of that, it was pretty much damaged. Like whenever, yeah. whenever that's like totaling a ship, it hit all of the like the rocks yeah. and everything, and so it just completely fucked up. So they t- so yeah, um, they have like punctures or holes. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. It was just it was just beaten up. I like I just don't think that the ship wanted to work. I think the ship just wanted to be left alone. Well, maybe it was already starting to be cursed from that first mm-hmm. death. So this must have been um, like the last straw for the original owners because they gave up and abandoned her where she crashed. Oh. Like, just they didn't like, even try to <laughs> No. Like, okay, you're done. So, Alexander McBeam acquired the wreck. And, like, so more or less he, like, staked claim to it. So, it's almost like um, when you abandon a car. Oh. And yeah. then a tow company comes. They take it to the tow yard or wherever. And then no one claims it. So, then they end up taking it to, like, auction. And then it gets sold after X amount of days. It was kind of like that. So, McBean sold the wreck, the wreck ship in, like, an as-is condition to a businessman who then sold it to an American mariner named Richard W. Haynes from New York. Haynes paid $1,750 for it and put another $8,825 restoring it. Okay. For nowadays money, that would have been, um, he paid $37,931 for it. And he restored it for $191,284. Wow. So that's it would have been inflation right there. $220,000 about total. That's a lot of money. $230,000 total. Yeah, $230,000 total. It must so, have been pretty damaged, though. Yeah. That he had to put that much money into it. It says a well, lot. Well, it's a freaking ship. A ship yeah. nowadays is worth millions. You don't just yeah. go out and buy a ship for $200,000. No. You can barely even buy a dinghy for two hundred. Yeah, some cars are worth $200,000. I mean, if you have a, yeah, sporty car, yeah. Yeah, like the Tahoe is like, the base model for Tahoes now are like almost 100000 some of them can go up to like a hundred and twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars just for a fucking car. That's too much for a car. I would never pay that much no, for a car. That could be like a billionaire. Houses. I would still not buy a car that much money. If I, I was a, if I was a billionaire, I would. I would because <laughs> I don't I am care about person. cars. Now I might buy a private jet so I can fly wherever no. the fuck I want to go. For sure. But I don't care about a car. <laughs> so um. <laughs> After Haynes restored the ship, he changed her name to the Mary Celeste. 
McBeam was listed as the captain. And what's interesting is I didn't realize that when you register a ship, you have to register the captain as well. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought that it could, um, like, I could own a ship and then I could be like, hey, why don't you captain it now? Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought it could just change, like, captains like that. Like, if you have owned a car, you could have anybody drive it. Yeah. If exactly. they have a license. That's what I was thinking. Like, I, I even have, a, like, driving a car. Okay. Um, yeah. I totally thought that, but it, from what I was gathered and read, and as I looked more into this, it you have to have, like, a captain. And that is who's in charge of the boat. And you can't have anybody else unless you re-register it. Yeah, okay. And maybe laws have changed now. Maybe it's not the same. I have no idea. But yeah, it but was just like from what time. I understand from reading, and I thought it yeah. was really weird. So, hmm, so not not even a year later, McBeam went under financially, bankrupt, and lost the Mary Celeste. Wow, that's so unfortunate. He put all that money into it, and then he lost it. I wonder if that's why he went bankrupt, though. Mm, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, he sunk all of his money. Yeah, into he his did, ship. and then all the creditors sunk. Yeah, and all the creditors came came for him, and um, yeah, and and took the boat back. So, so then she was then sold to a New York business group ran by James H. Winchester, who maintained half ownership for the remainder of um, the not the ship's life, but during this portion of the ship. So there was twelve shares total, and he always maintained at least six of the shares. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because it's always a group of people that own the ship. Yeah, they invest. They invest. It's an investment, yeah. So in 1872, they renovated the ship, made it much larger. The length was now 103 feet, 25 feet wide, 16 feet deep, and they even added a second deck. Oh, okay. So they massively made it bigger. They replaced the timbers and, like, they... They just did that maintenance stuff, you know, just, like, mm -hmm. repaint the walls. Like, you know, just like made it... total renovation. Yeah, renovated it, made it all good. With all the renovations, the ship got a new captain named Benjamin Briggs, who was born to a sea captain. He had four brothers who were... Um, two, another one became a sea captain. His dad was a sea captain. He was, like, born and bred to be a captain of a ship. Like, that is what his family did. Okay. So he was... He was very familiar with how to captain a ship. He was very familiar with the ways of the water and yeah. the ways of how, how to do everything. He married his cousin, Sarah. Why? Don't, I don't... Don't I, marry your cousin. I guess in 1872, it was chill to marry your cousin. They, um, he had his own personal schooner called the Forest King. They had two children, Arthur, born September 1865, and Sophia Matilda, born October 1870. Isn't that the cutest that name ever? That is cute, yeah. It was in 1872 that Briggs became captain of the Mary Celeste. And in October 1872, the first voyage of the Mary Celeste, after being refurbished, was planned. Captain Briggs got to hand-pick his crew and was able to bring his wife and his two-year-old daughter with him. He left Arthur, the seven-year-old, at home with Grandma so he wouldn't miss school. Okay, that makes sense, but I was thinking, why bring a two-year-old? Because you know they're going to hate it on the ship. Yeah, but also they, um, I'll get into it later, but like, this isn't just like a nowadays where we're going on a cruise for a week and back. This takes months back then. That's why they couldn't bring they, the older one. Yeah, because they, he would literally be missing like six months of school. Yeah. So then maybe that's why the two-year-old he didn't want to miss six months of the two-year-old's life because that's a long time. I don't know. 
I'm just thinking, like, but, you know how two-year-olds are, and... Oh, it'd be a fucking nightmare. I just don't see it... Well, I mean, they could have... No, it would be a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Stuff <laughs> on a boat with a two-year-old, I yeah. So, both the captain and his wife both wrote home and talked about how great the crew was, and it would be, like, a good voyage. Everything was looking good. Um, on October 20th, 1872... The Mary Celeste was being loaded. They put 1,701 barrels of alcohol in the ship's cargo. Doesn't seem like enough. (laughs) (laughs) And the ship was supposed to leave Tuesday, November 5th. However, Mother Nature had different plans. So they waited two more days until November 7th when the weather got a little better. They left New York and they were headed for Genoa, Italy. So there was 10 people on board. Seven crew, the one captain, captain's Mm -hmm. wife, and child. Okay. Meanwhile, in New Jersey, another ship, the De Gratia, was loading up petroleum and was also destined for Genoa, Italy. Oh. So that must have been like a really um, common port to go from New York to Genoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they must have been doing some kind of trading. And I wonder if it's something. Genoa or Genoa. I think it's Genoa. I think it's Genoa, too. Did yeah. I say Genoa the first time? I, I think, think I did. I think you said Genoa, but I think it is Genoa. Yeah, I think it's Genoa, too. So, however, this ship would leave eight days after the Mary Celeste. So, they're already, like, a week behind. Mm-hmm. So, they shouldn't see each other in the open waters. <laughs> it happened again. Dude! It's a ghost story. And my, my, my hair ties keep falling out. She has the cutest little pigtails in. And, and I used the little, like, um, rubber pigtail like the little rubber um rubber bands the little, yeah the ones the for little elastics. kids they're my nieces that I bought for her when she's here and they they keep popping out so this already happened earlier when I picked her up at her house oh my gosh here. I was she was out. actually <laughs> telling me a different ghost story and as she's telling me the ghost story it literally popped out and I was like oh my gosh the ghost just pulled your pigtail out we have to somehow incorporate this in the podcast and we're like eh no we're not gonna say anything and it fucking happened again to the other side so now yeah it's the ghost stories oh my gosh I'm so (gasps) spooked out does that mean the studio's haunted it could be be by the same ghost because this is the same person that built our house built this Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Or it followed us. <laughs> it followed you. Maybe. Pigtails. No pigtails. Okay, so back to this. So the De Gratia is leaving eight days after Mary Celeste. The two captains knew each other. Um, a smaller world back then. I mean, even now, really, like... Just in the machining world, everybody knows each other. Yeah. Like, just like in the dental world, or, in dental I, world everybody knows each other. Yeah, everyone. so I would imagine yeah. back then, how many captains really are there? It's probably just like flight attendants, pilots. They all know each other, you know? Yeah. So um, they knew that they were both headed in like the same direction, and um, that will come up later. So something to keep in mind while we get into dates and such is that in the late 1800s, it could take up to three months to cross the Atlantic, depending on weather. Or as short as six weeks. Wow. So it, it takes a while. It's not yeah. like nowadays where a big-ass cargo ship can do it in, like, a few days, a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was no communication with the outside world whatsoever because Morse code wasn't even invented until 1896. They didn't and have Morse code? No, and it wasn't required in ships until 1910. So there was, like, no communication. All they had was what they could see, like, physically, and they had about a six-mile, like, they could see about six miles out, and that's it. 
Well, so everything that they did had to be like with a compass. What or about like, pigeons? That's back when they would have pigeons. I guess, but either way, like there's there's not instant communication. Yeah, but how are they going to send a pigeon over this across the sea, though? Yeah, I think that's more like, like a city thing, isn't it? I don't know. No. I don't, the only thing I think of is a pigeon. <laughs> all I think I of, know they did that. <laughs> all I think of is whenever we're like. We should send a pigeon from your house to mine and see how long it takes. We have not done that yet. Could it, wouldn't we even be able to do that? We could if we found the right pigeon. <laughs> so, okay. So, anyways, on December 4th, 1872, at around 1 p.m., the Degradia De spotted a ship in the distance. Captain Morehouse was concerned when he noticed the ship sails and the way the ship was moving. The sails were all, like, um, messed up, and then the ship was kind of moving erratically. So the, the Mary Celeste was getting closer to the De Gratia, and, it, and um, Captain Morehouse saw no one on board. No signs of life, nothing. So he caught up to the Mary Celeste. Oh, wow. Eight days after they should not have caught up to each other. Yeah, and it was only eight days. It, well, no, it was eight days later. Like, they yeah. left eight days so after them. So they should apart. be eight There's days apart. There's an eight-day gap. There should be. Should be. And they out. left on, um, I should have had this written down. I cannot believe I didn't have this written down. Um, so they left on November 7th. 7th. Yeah, November 7th. And this was December 4th, so it was about three weeks later. Okay. Four weeks later. Yeah. Okay, so um, he then, so whenever he saw that there was no signs of life and nothing was, like, happening on board, he sent two of his own crew to check it out. They reported that it was, in fact, the Mary Celeste. No one was on board. There was one lifeboat missing. Three feet of water was in the ship, like, on the cargo hold. And all the masts, what was left of the mast, were all in disarray. Ropes were swinging and loose. It was just a, it was just a disastrous mess. Yeah. Um, they found the ship's daily log. The last entry was nine days prior on November 25th at 8 a.m. And 400 nautical miles from where they were now. Oh, they were so the way ship, off course, the too. So the ship went 400 miles by itself, a ghost ship. Oh, they must have been off course. They must have been on course if they caught up to them. Because they were going the same course. Yeah, they were going So how did it even keep the same course? Yeah, exactly. It's weird. So nothing was taken from the boat. So no, like, personal effects, nothing except navigational tools and some of the paperwork. Other than that, all of their, like, personal items are still there. All the alcohol was still there. There was still six months' worth of food, water, everything. Wow. It did not look to be like there was a fire. There wasn't any sign of like a fight or a struggle, like nothing. It just just gone. Disappeared. Yeah. Like, why would they leave a good ship? Like, what was going on? And where would they go? They're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So they brought the ship into port and um, where they would get a portion of the value of what goods were left on the ship. So the alcohol was worth mm. a lot of money. Yeah. So they would actually um, end up the getting a pretty good amount of money um, as like a finder's fee, like a reward, like thanks for bringing it in because it could have been a total loss if you didn't find it. So it was a law back then that if you found a ship and you brought it back, then the insurance would cover you and pay you out a portion yeah. Of like, hey, thanks, because now I don't have to pay for the whole thing. It oh, was like, yeah. It was kind of like... Um, um, like, like a reward? It was a reward, but it was, yeah, like, so that way the, the insurance would, wouldn't have to pay, like, the full 100000 they just give you, like, 20000 and, like, mm-hmm. it was an incentive. Yes. To incentive, incentive. Yeah. that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in order to do this, though, there would have to be a salvage court hearing. 
So, oh, yeah. And this was all taking place over in Italy. Or not in Italy. Um, it was somewhere in between Italy and here, obviously. But it was over in Europe. Um, so does it depend on where it's found and what waters? Like what country the water no, belongs to? It like just whatever, whatever port. From what I understand, whatever port the ship was brings that? it to, that's the, where the, oh, the okay. curing is. It's like okay. a, it's yeah. a worldwide law okay. thing. It's a worldwide thing. It's not just like an American or whatever because well, mari- they called maritime maritime laws. laws. That's what I was yeah. just gonna say. Yeah. Maritime laws, I think, are different. Yeah. Like they have their own set of laws. So, um, the judge 100% believed that there was foul play, and he would not like change his mind on this. An investigator claimed there were, were cuts on each side of the ship that was done by something sharp and that there was very, like, unlikely that it would be weather-caused. Oh, cuts. Yeah, like, like sharp. Yeah. Like a knife or Yeah, something. but it would obviously have to be something bigger because it's a boat, not a yeah. fucking piece of bread. I'm just trying to think <laughs> of, like, what could, um, if there was something in the ocean, like an animal that could have done that? Yeah. I don't know. So. Or another ship? Another claim was that supposedly there was blood on the captain's sword. Ooh. Right? Oh, yeah. Maybe he had to fight something. And then another weird thing is that the ship could not have encountered bad weather as there was a vial of sewing machine oil still upright. Which ha- bad weather would have like definitely like knocked over. Okay. But somebody could have come along and put it back up when they were like the crew or something. You know what I mean? It had been through so and many cleaned hands. Cleaned up the spill. Yeah. Or yeah. The Mary Celeste was finally released. So to the owner Winchester, Winchester had to go to Europe to be like, I want my fucking ship back. Oh yeah. And he funny. had to like, yeah, he had to like go over there to be like, I want my fucking ship back, and they wouldn't let him. So he had to wait. For months. Oh, my gosh. In in Europe somewhere, wherever this was taking place, it was Gibraltar. Mm, so okay. he had to go to the port of Gibraltar to get her and, um, and attend, attend all the yeah, court hearings do and do all the bullshit. So luckily he brought a new captain and crew with him. So oh, they yeah. could finish the trip. He would have to because the other <laughs> one had the alcohol there. <laughs> and the alcohol. Get the alcohol to where it needs to go. It needs to get to Genoa. <laughs> Morehouse got a salvage reward of 1700 Some say it should have been more because it was, um, the ma- the standard would be about 20% of whatever it was insured for. It was insured for 46000 oh, But wow. they say that the judge, because they thought the judge really thought that it was foul play and they thought that maybe the judge was certain that it was actually Morehouse himself that was the demise of Briggs and his crew that like Morehouse went on board because he knew fucked up like did everything to so he could get the reward money Oh, I found, oh, yeah, that didn't even cross my mind. So that's what the judge thought was something like that. I mean, it's very plausible. I can yeah. see that. And so that's why the judge didn't give him, didn't grant him the full 20% because he should have gotten like $10,000, which is a lot of money back then. A quarter then. of a million dollars for back then. Mm-hmm. You know, he should have at least gotten 10, it would have been more than that, probably 15, close to $15,000. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, because, I mean, there's no witnesses. Well, what about his crew? They would all have to be... They would have to all be part be paid of it off, and yeah. get, a, get a cut. They would have to get a cut. So, yeah, and then there was another theory along with that that Briggs and his crew was in on it, too. But what about the family? And because 
so okay, yeah. So let's go through the conspiracies. I'm okay, so, okay, ahead so of they myself. could have maybe not killed them. They could have like maybe they live on an island somewhere. Exactly. Okay, but they didn't get enough. But then the question then remains. Okay, so if let's take Briggs out of the picture, he wasn't involved in it, and he, they killed him and dumped him off board or whatever. Yeah. I mean, my first thought. How is that, would yeah. the De Gratia get to the Celeste? Um, Mary Celeste that was fast. and Mary Celeste was faster than the De Gratia. So, so then it'd he be must impossible. have stopped. He had to have stopped and anchored, allowed and them. waited, so he had to be part of it. But then why bring your kid with you? If you already know that's the plan, why bring your kid and your wife? What, so they can live on an island by themselves. But what about the sun? You never exactly. see the sun again? Exactly. The sun carries on the name in case something goes haywire. I don't know. But that was another thing. Why would he leave his son? Yeah. So... Carry on the name in case they all go south. Yeah. So That's the only thing I can think of. Another thing was insurance fraud. That Winchester had a lot of insurance, almost over too much insurance on it. Yeah. However, Winchester himself never claimed any insurance. There were oh. no claims ever made other than the finder's fee for the dude. Like, but he wasn't like, he never made a claim for like the damage under the boat or anything. That's odd. So if there's such a high claim, why would you not claim it if there yeah, is damage? Yeah. So that takes that out. Yeah. Um pirates. Oh yeah, piracy. But there was nothing pilfered through. Nothing was gone. Oh, they still had the alcohol. The alcohol they, was that there. Was all, and then I guess that there was like jewelry, like the 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 oh. wife had like things, personal effects, like jewelry and stuff on the ship that were still there. That were still there. Then if it was pirates, they would have pilfered through shit, and there was nothing pilfered through. No, nothing. Mm -hmm. It it looked like they had left on their own accord in an orderly fashion. And she wouldn't have taken any of that stuff with her because then it would be like evidence that. Well, no, because then it could no, have been but, piracy. Yeah. They could have claimed piracy if she did take it. With yeah. Her. So what... what but why wouldn't she take something then? Exactly. So what happened to them? Um, so what they're saying could have happened, another theory. There's lots of different theories. So explosions from the alcohol could have been one that the captain had written in the logbook about different um, weird noises and bumps that had happened. Um below i guess that when alcohol is like that especially back then you they um under pressure and stuff like that i guess that it like explodes little mm -hmm. bits and so um in the logbook he had written um about little explosions that they had heard okay so what if um so what if like a bigger explosion happened they kind of freaked out they left but Just there was no evidence bit. of a fire or anything no wouldn't there be burn marks from an explosion Maybe, or it was just like settling type stuff, like releasing the gases and stuff. So maybe they thought that they were going to get off of it before it actually yeah, exploded. Like, so they got off of it and maybe even just to get off of it, just to see what happened. And then the, um, and then they got, um, they got cut from the mm -hmm. Mary Celeste by accident and, or whatever. Or they, they like, yeah. try to yeah. get away from it, and then all of a sudden, like, like a Like in big, a dinghy or something. Yeah, and, yeah. well, they were in a lifeboat. The yeah. lifeboat was missing. Yeah. And uh, the Mary Celeste went, like, a big gust of wind came and took the Mary Celeste away, and they were stuck in the Atlantic by mm -hmm. themselves with yeah. nothing. Yeah. Okay. So the only thing would be, like, because the lifeboat rope was cut. It wasn't untied. So if they had gone out in, like, a really orderly fashion and not in a hurry... They would have untied the lifeboat 
throat. Yes. And yes. put it down instead of cut it. So that but they were in a hurry. They were in a hurry because they thought that the boat might explode. Mm-hmm. Right? So Briggs was like, like we said, seasoned sailor, born and bred to do this shit. Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't have panicked and abandoned the ship, like, under those particular circumstances. But the fact that his family, his child was on board, his emotional state could have taken over. True. And he could mm-hmm. have just been like, nope, we're going to do this because my baby's on board and we need to, like, save yeah. the kid. Like, right? we, need to get the, we need to get out of here now. So... Then um, another another theory is that Briggs believed that they were sinking because there was three feet of water, three and a half feet of water in the, in the cargo hold, which apparently isn't that big of a deal. Well, remember when we went on the midway? Yeah. We couldn't go all the way down to, I think, at seventh or eighth uh, deck because it was water. Yeah. So I guess that having three and a half feet on like the bottom isn't a big deal. And there's also pumps and stuff to pump everything yeah. out. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that one of the pumps was disassembled, like it was broken. Oh, that's so, strange. But is it? Because it had just been refurbished. Oh, And yeah. the last um, haul that they did was of coal. So between the sawdust and the coal dust and everything, it could have clogged up the pumps, the water pumps, to get the water out. Oh, okay. So he might have been trying to fix it. Then they also have a sounding rod, which is a device that tests how much the wa- water a boat has taken on. Okay. And um, the sounding rod could have malfunctioned. And he couldn't see really what was down there because of it, the cargo hold. The cargo hold was filled with all these barrels that mm-hmm. he couldn't actually see, like, how he visually yeah he couldn't visually see how high the water really was so if the sounding rod was off like was um mm-hmm. malfunctioned mm-hmm. then it might say that there's 30 feet and rising or something and he would want to get off the boat that's sinking right Got it. yeah yeah and so they um they the so so he might have thought that the condition was just more dire than it really was and mm-hmm. so they went on the lifeboat then on the lifeboat, the ship sailed away without them. Or they died on the lifeboat. Or who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know. Lost at sea or maybe Another, found an island maybe and survived a little bit. Who knows? So, well, what's interesting is that he, there's a theory also that he saw that the boat was taking on water, even if he was concerned that the boat was going to sink or explode or whatever was going on with it. Mm-hmm. His last position put him six miles from Azores Island, which puts where the oh, last log is. There was an island. There was an island, and oh. and he would know that the that that would be the last island for hundreds of miles. So it's like if you're if you're worried about anything, this is the time to yeah. leave. Okay, so and he get knew off. where that was. And he could have seen the land. Mm-hmm. And he could have been headed there on the lifeboat. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, like I believe that that could that have, would yeah. make sense. But why wouldn't he update the logbooks to be like, "Hey, found island, leaving boat. See y'all later." I mean, BRB. <laughs> <laughs> out to lunch. Be right back. Be BRB back in twenty minutes. Sinking. Because <laughs> yeah. if they were sinking, there would be no logbook to find if it was but under the ocean. No, because um, a lot of times there's logbooks and they put they put them in like um, waterproof containers so then that way when they find the ship later remnants yeah yeah because that happens i mean i don't know if that happened then or if that's happening now because now we are finding the ships i don't know if they actually found them back then who knows that you would think that far ahead they would probably have that thought even back then be like 
Okay, so if we do go down, we have to have a system in place that if yeah. they can figure out what happened to us. Yeah. You know, so like their version just, of a black box or something. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, so this one's interesting because this, this, this theory um, incorporates fucking science. I love science. I love science. And sci-fi. I mean, I don't understand science to save my goddamn life, <laughs> but I like reading about it. <laughs> so Anne McGregor and Phil Richardson used science, oceanography, historical weather data, and Briggs logbooks to try and pinpoint his exact course. They believe Briggs' chronometer was not working right, as he should have seen land three days prior than when he did see it, and that he was actually 120 miles west from where he logged he was. So he was, like, lost 120 miles. So if his if his navigational tools aren't working, then he wouldn't know where he was anyways. Okay, yeah. Um, what they found interesting is the day before they left the ship, they started heading in a different direction, headed north of Santa Maria Island, suggesting that they were already looking to get to land. Mm-hmm. So... Um, that, so, obviously, like, they already knew something was wrong with the boat, maybe. Oh, yeah. They're, and, they're searching for land. They're they're trying to find an, a, a safety net. Yeah. So, that could have been what happened. They, and that goes back to they saw the mm-hmm. land. They're going yeah. towards the land. Um, alcohol fumes. Nine barrels of the alcohol were empty. So, maybe they spilled out and there's, like, all these alcohol fumes. Maybe the fumes got toxic and or they were concerned of and impending explosion from everything leaking out so they left the mary celeste temporarily until the fumes would clear out but somehow they got disconnected and watched the mary celeste float away mm-hmm. because nine barrels they would not have consumed that much alcohol in that short of a time i would imagine in three weeks nine barrels i mean Put How much nine, is a barrel put eight brads on there what do you think <laughs> a barrel that's like a keg right about like yeah that would be a keg per person or no i think it's bigger than a keg i think a barrel's huge that's like a 50 gallon drum is a barrel so how are they going to go through nine in three Uh, weeks i'm mathing hold on three weeks right approximately 21 days 50 gallons that'll be two gallons per person per day including the wife wives didn't drink back then well, yeah, maybe no. she would if she was on a ship. Yeah, with a dealing with a two-year-old. Stuck out in the middle of the ocean with all these men. That oh are, my God, that are probably trying to pillage her. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, um, another theory is environmental factors like a sea quake, earthquakes, water sprouts. Um, and I was like, what the fuck would a water sprout do? Apparently, it changes the equilibrium of the um of like the ship. So mm-hmm. it'll like so you might get the feeling that the ship is going to turn over. Ooh, uh-huh. I don't like that. Yeah, it's so, already like rocky, and then it feels like it's gonna flip over. Yeah, so maybe um something, but like something environmental, like something weather related, to make everyone believe that they were like in um, imminent danger and they gotta go, and that's why the rope was cut. Like yeah. whatever happened, it was a quick but not forceful exit. And you know it was orderly mm-hmm. in a quick way. Blood. I was thinking about the blood on the um, the sword, right? Yeah. That. What about for like he could have been cutting fish. 
Yeah. How do we know it's human blood? They they didn't have DNA back then. They have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It like could have been a, a shark. It could have been anything. Yeah. Fish or yeah, yeah something they, they were like, eating or something. Yeah. I don't know. So um and then of course the theory that they were abducted by aliens because fucking aliens, dude. <laughs> aliens? I don't know about that one, but I like the idea. But I mean. Back th- well, yeah, I guess if there was aliens, there would always be aliens. Yeah, like aliens helped do the pyramids, and that was way before the Mary Celeste. But why would the dinghy be cut? Yeah, no, why? I know, I know. But it's Maybe always... the aliens took the alcohol. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're like, we're taking you and your boots. So, okay. okay, so with all that bad juju shit that's already happened, you would think that they would definitely decommission this ship, right? I would think so, yeah. Oh, no, no. She kept going. She had cargo to haul. Not only did she finish that, but um, finish her one trip to Italy. In um, June 26, 1873, she finally finished her cargo haul and unloads the alcohol and leaves Genoa, Italy. So, mind you, they left in November. This is now June, the following year. (laughs) September 19th, 10 months later, arrives back in New York. 10 months! Wow. Because of all the court proceedings and everything. That's a long time. Well, they lost 10 crew members. I mean, they lost 10 people along the way. Oh, yeah. So somebody has to be accountable for that. Yeah. So people were weary about her and had their reservations, obviously. So she sat in the wharf for a couple months until Winchester sold her to another New York businessman at a tremendous loss. The new owners had her sailing the Indian Ocean routes, but bad luck was still looming. In February 1879, she was at St. Helena Island when doctors had to come on board because the captain, Edgar Tuthill, had become sick and then proceeded to die on the island. That was the third captain to die on the ship. Just to decommission it already. Right? It's a fucking cursed ship. February 1880, she was sold again (laughs) to a group of Bostonians. Man, she was passed around. God, she's like a little whore. (laughs) So, um, sold to a group of Bostonians with Wesley Gove in charge. I've never heard anyone refer to a ship as a whore. Well, let me tell you, Thomas L. Fleming was the new captain until 1884. Then Gilman C. Parker took over. What's interesting is that she was registered in several different ports before returning to Boston, but in all those ports, she never once made any sort of voyage. She just kept being registered in different mm-hmm. ports. So I'm like, what What was really going on? What shady shit was going on? Um, the owner, Gove, tried really hard to make her successful. People couldn't, like, quite get past that whole curse thing. Yeah. So that would be like... Getting the Titanic out of the water and be like, let's go set sail again, guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if like, I had, everybody if I was a captain, I wouldn't want a captain that no. show. I would be like, is there, any, do you have another one of those? No, no. <laughs> is there anything so, else? <laughs> so anyways, fed up with his lack of success, Gore dis- decided, or Gove decided to fill her up with useless goods and lie on the manifest and insure it as if there was like gold on board. Oh. Okay. Then he was going to crush it. 
He's getting tricky. The bitch won't go down. The whore will not go down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, You're not taking me alone. Everything went according to plan. They crashed. They crashed her. Um, on um, on a, a short like on a shore, yeah, yeah. and um, claimed insurance. Sold the salvage ship for five hundred dollars to a local man. Wow, it's really going down now. Five hundred. Except one minor problem. The local they sold it to told everyone what was actually in the cargo. Why would he do that? <laughs> Doesn't that fuck him too? No, because he thought that he was buying it with the cargo being expensive. So he, so he thought pissed. he was getting a deal. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Insurance investigators came and looked at everything and figured out what Gove had done. July 1885, Captain Parker was charged with conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and Parker was charged with willfully casting away the ship, punishable at that time by death. No. I swear. Death? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Jurors couldn't agree on a verdict, so they allowed the men to withdraw all their insurance claims and give back the money, and okay. Parker was freed. Three months later. Got off pretty easy then. Yeah, except his, um, his, his, what's it called? Reputation was to shit. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. nobody he believed him. No, nobody no. wanted to put him on anything. Like, yeah. he was just pretty much useless. Mm -hmm. So, three months later, Parker died, um, in poverty. Just. Oh, he died? He, he died, wasn't. just died. Oh. Of, they don't say of what just died they just said died in poverty okay um one of his conspirators went crazy and another one killed himself so even the ship's still taking lives yeah so what happened to the mary celeste after that nobody really knows she was left washed ashore sinking partially rotting and now that location is empty, and they think that they found her a couple times, but when they go to, like, look at the wood, they find out it's not. It couldn't so possibly it be. vanished. Her. Yeah, so it might have washed back into the depths of the sea. It probably just rotted away and, w and went back. Um, and wait, where was the last known place? So its last known location was in Haiti. That is where Captain Parker crashed her on the reef along Haiti. So... It would be very interesting to see if um, we could go on Google Maps and try to look around that area, but I don't know. I'm it's sure other people have so done that already. Sunken now, you wouldn't even be able to. Or it, or it would just be totally dilapidated because it's already been 150 years. Yeah, but it would something would done. remain. There would no. be like the anchor would be there, mm. metal. Yeah, that stuff yeah. would stay. Yes, I don't know. It would. The wood would, but like, the wood would. <laughs> The wood chuck could chuck wood, <laughs> but not the, like, the anchor and the... Yeah, they just... Cannons? Did it have cannons on it? Would no, it, have... it was a merchant ship. Oh, it didn't have any it cannons. It didn't have any cannons. Maybe the barrels. There might be some um, metal around the barrels. Yeah. That, that might be there. I don't know. They they said that they, they, they thought that they had found it once, and they were almost positive, but some of the timber on it uh, like wood that was found with it was came from a tree in Chicago that was cut down 10 years after she disappeared how do they pinpoint a tree in Chicago like I don't know. what 
I don't know, but that was forensics later, like recently. That's insane. Yeah. That they can pinpoint that it's like that's a like tree the, in Chicago. Yeah. Have you ever seen forensic files though? They'll they'll find a little tiny like 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 this. They yeah, could like fiber. a fiber and be like, oh, well this this sweater was only mailed to three people in San Diego where her body was found. So therefore, one of these three people had to be in the same location where the body was. I'm yeah. serious. Like, no, I know. I'm yeah. laughing because it's true. Because yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So this it, fiber though. was only made in China at... <laughs> Yeah. On this day. From this factory. Yeah, it's crazy. So, anyways, that is the ghost ship of Mary Celeste. What do you guys think happened? Let us know. Please do. And email us with any of your phenomenal fan encounters. Have you seen a ghost ship? Dun, dun, dun. You know what movie I like is Ghost Ship. Oh, that one, it starts out gnarly. It starts out with the just cutting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that one was a really good one. Um, but, but through my ghost ship findings, um, a real ghost ship can only stay at sea for a few years before it just, without any maintenance and stuff, it just sinks, like rots away and sinks mm -hmm. and going through weather and stuff. So I was, I was like super disappointed because I thought that there was, would be like a bunch of ghost yeah. ships out in the, in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. still pirates, so they could, uh, if they find them, they could just take them. Yeah. And be like, I guess nobody wants this, so it's mine now. Yeah, salvage. Mm -hmm. Whatever, yeah. So. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. And I totally <laughs> forgot to set, tell you my sources. Um, and they are the Smithsonian Magazine article, Abandoned Ship, The Mary Celeste by Jess Bloomberg, published November 2007. Museumhack.com article, What Really Happened to the Mary Celeste by Alex Johnson, November 20th, 2022. History.com, What Happened to the Mary Celeste by Sarah Pruitt on July 21st, 2015. Britannica, Mary Celeste, written by Amy Tickenin, last updated September 8th, 2023. And thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great, wonderful day. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And bye. bye.